What does innovation sound like? It sounds like the luxury of being in the moment with your customer, client, or patient. It sounds like having the right information right when you need it. It sounds like being at your best for your customers and your business. Thanks to Highland's intelligent content solutions that improve digital processes, innovators everywhere are able to do their thing better, whatever that thing is. Now, who doesn't like the sound of that? Highland, for innovators everywhere, visit highland.com. We're on a collision course for the national championship, and only variable is time. Because the train is rolling, so anybody out there, I can't tell you what's going to happen right now, but it's coming. Get on board, but get out the way. That's what that is right there. We're coming like this, man. When you're like this, you can't be beat, baby! You're listening to From the Pink Seats Podcast of the State of Louisville Podcast Network. Now, here's your host, Jacob Lane, Matt McGavin, and Vince Lococo! And a good evening to everybody across the world, except for the ACC officials. Welcome into another episode of From the Pink Seeds Podcast. I'm Jacob Lane, Matt McGavick, Vincent Lacoco, Presley Meyer. The gang is all here. We've got two more episodes for you uh, as we celebrate uh, Senior Day coming up this week. Uh, we'll be joined by two current Louisville football players and Isaac Martin and Caleb Chandler in our next episode. Uh, but in this episode right now that you're locked in on, we are going to break down the Clemson game from Saturday, a disappointing uh, lost for Louisville, but a lot of things to dive into, a lot of encouraging things that we can kind of take away from that game. We're going to do Vince's game notes, right and wrong, all the usual stuff uh, as we, we dive through that game. And then, of course, we'll look forward to Saturday, Senior Day, as I mentioned, uh, the final home game of the season. This has been the quickest football season of my lifetime. It has absolutely flown by. I cannot believe that we are already at this point in the year. Louisville will take on NC State, uh, so we'll preview that game. It's going to be an interesting one as both teams have quarterback questions. Here we are late in the season, and, and there's injuries all around, just like you would expect in football. Uh, should be an interesting one. I welcome in the guys now, Matt, Presley, Vince, fellas. Welcome in. How are we? I'm doing fantastic, especially knowing that it's it's actively snowing outside. This is my kind of weather. I'm in my happy place. I don't know about you, fellas. I'm not. No, well, no. Well, good for you, Pat. <laughs> yeah. Big yeah. jolly guy loves the snow. Good for you. <laughs> Love it. We know you can't make chili, so we know you're not going to be like staying warm on the inside. Oh, my so. God. It always comes back to the chili. <laughs> always yeah, goes course, back to the chili. Of course, the guy that's going to be parked up in the press box for six hours on Saturday, oh, that's, oh. that's his kind of weather. How about that? Roast. <laughs> don't, be, don't, don't be hating from outside the press box. Can't yeah, you can't even get in. There you go. Now, I, I will that. say that you're, you're uh, <laughs> in the locker room, Matt. Bet you can't get in there, bud. For, for the for the James Madison game, Matt was so ready. He he had like a full on trench coat on, and it was it was an incredible sight to behold. Like he I loved that. Like, barely rained. <laughs> barely rained. And that rain was fun. That was fun rain. Sometimes there's rain that's not, like, I don't know about you, but nothing pisses me off more than like the short, choppy rain that just like hits the back of your neck and it's cold. I, I would prefer the kind of mist and like the, the just that game had great rain. It was a 10 out of 10 rain, in my opinion. I'm going to be honest. I completely forgot that it had rained on Sunday whenever I woke up because <laughs> I was having so much fun after we became bowl eligible. I was like, incredible I stuff. I completely forgot. Yeah. Right. Well, let's, let's talk a little bit about uh, some football. Let's dive into that. Again, you're, you're tuned in from the pink seats podcast. We encourage you to subscribe anywhere you get your podcast from 
Uh, follow us on Twitter at Pink Seats Pod. Thank you all for checking out the State of Louisville Podcast Network. And of course, Matt McGavick, Louisville Report. Check out all the great stuff uh, as we're in the midst of crossover season. Um, but Louisville plays uh, Clemson last weekend. Things don't go well uh, for the cards, obviously walking out of there without, without a victory. But what what is going well, a couple of shout outs here early. Um, I want to start with, we're not going to do the turnstiles of content, but I do want to shout out, start with some shout outs. And then I do want to talk a little bit about recruiting as, that, as we get closer to signing day. But first, um, this, the XFL is back. If you aren't familiar, there's nothing more that this country needs than more football leagues, right? That's what we all wake up saying every day. I need oh, more yeah. football yeah. leagues. Yes. Uh, we've seen what, how many, how many leagues have come and gone? The USFL, uh, the fall football league, AAF, AAF, fan controlled football, fan controlled football. football is actually pretty fun to watch. If you guys ever like, are just sitting around I've, drinking, I've not watched waiting it. for something to watch. Matt, you can participate. It's I would be. I, I need to be the owner of a team in that league because, based off of how I, I look, I just won the Super Bowl with the Dallas Cowboys and Madden today, and I did so scoring fifty six points because offensively I am a genius play caller. The ability to mix the inside and outside zone run with play action bootlegs, no one's stopping me. And any, I should be the coach of a fan football look, look, controlled look. league. This, this is what sells me on it. I don't know if he's still in the league, but whenever I was watching, he was because this is who I wanted to watch. Johnny Manziel playing football against a bunch of bozos and then two fans calling the plays like it was absolutely electric. Love it. Absolutely love it. And and the XFL, there's no calling of plays by the fans, but there are a couple of Cardinals who were drafted uh, over the last couple of days. I just want to give them a shout out. I understand it's not the NFL UK fans. If you're listening, get your jokes in about cards, having to play in the XFL, whatever. I don't care. They're making more money than all of us combined. Congratulations to them. Let's start with Juwan Pass. Quarterback drafted. How about that? Jawan Pass drafted as a starting quarterback in the XFL, uh, playing for I think it was the Los Angeles. I might have maybe no, it was San Antonio. Uh, I think it was Dallas. Brahmas. Br- yes. Uh, Brahmas. The, 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 what's a what's a Bra- what's a Branham? A Branham? Is it the <laughs> Branham? What is that? What is a Branham? Do we know? Uh, it's an animal. Let's get our let's get our, our president fact checker here, Presley Meyer, working on that. Uh, but Juwan passed one of the the quarterbacks selected there in the league, uh, and then a couple of other guys drafted. We've got uh, Jalen Smith, tight end. Now, that's new, weird, uh, weird, very weird. But yeah, uh, you know, k- kudos oh, to him for being drafted. They're bulls. bulls, bulls. Okay, okay, that's great. I didn't know that. Well, look at me a like lot that. Of bulls in San Antonio. Yes. Yeah. When have you ever <laughs> heard a bull called a Brahma here in Louisville, Kentucky, Matt? I'm not saying that Brahmas are native to Louisville, Kentucky. I'm, I'm I know, just but you're saying giving that, a shit. You're good. You're looking you're looking at us like we got 12 eyes because I didn't know what a Brahma is. I mean, the logo, the logo is a longhorn, Vince. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> well, look, we're not up to date Whatever. on our animals. We got we got we got work to do on this side. Y'all know I like the zoo, damn it. <laughs> yeah, I don't have that zoo. Uh, and then the last one here, which I did not know about this until uh, we recorded the episode with uh, Caleb and, and Isaac. Uh, CJ Avery also drafted in this CFL. So kudos to yeah, him. I, I really, a few hours ago. Yeah. What I said. What I say. CFL. XFL. Yes. I, I thank you for that. And then another shout out Lorenzo Malden. We talked about this a couple weeks ago, but uh, named, I think officially the defensive player of the year or candidate for the defensive player of the year award in the CFL. So um, kudos to those guys balling all around the world, playing football. Love that. Remember the NFL Europe. Do y'all remember watching that when you were kids? Oh God, that's been years. Oh, my yeah. Can you imagine get, getting drafted to go play football and you got to go move to, you know, some random city in Germany? Like what? That's crazy. That's crazy. Uh, and then let's talk a little bit about recruiting because um, signing day is just a couple of weeks away. 
Louisville still holding on strong to this class that uh, is filled with superstars, headlined by Ruben Owens, who is about to cross the 7,000-yard mark in his career as a rusher in Texas. DeAndre Moore, uh, the wide receiver, uh, has been visiting some schools. We'll talk about that here in a second. Uh, and then, of course, you got Pierce Clarkson. you got Luke Burgess. you got all those guys, Adonis J. Green, at the top of that class that's uh, still holding on, I believe, as a top 20, top 25 class in the country. And there's still mm-hmm. more on the way. Louisville is still very much in the mix for Ruben Bain, a top 100 player in the country. Yes, a top 100 player. That would be three players for Louisville in the top 100. That's right. He's visited here more time. I think he's gone to more games this season than I have. Uh, He's been here just about every single week of the year. So you'd have to think that that's a good sign for Louisville. Uh, And then Cole Martin, another guy uh, who is still, I believe, committed to Oregon, but has visited this year. Sean Russ, another highly rated defensive back. Um, there's some guys visiting this weekend, another heavy weekend for Louisville, especially in the 24 and 25 classes. But, um, I want to f- specifically just kind of talk about the, the recruitments of two guys specifically who have kind of come up. DeAndre Moore visited Georgia and Texas over the last couple of weeks. Stan Quan Clark, the, the linebacker out of Miami is, is said to be down to, to Auburn and Louisville and potentially looking to, uh, flip there. So guys are, are how are you guys feeling about recruiting? Are we still, I, it, we, it's not a topic we've really talked about much this season because the football has been so interesting in a lot of ways, in a good way, in a lot of ways, in a bad way. The recruiting has kind of been put on the back burner because there for a while you had the Scott Satterfield on the hot seat conversation. And when we were talking about that, it was more who would stay versus who would go. So how are we feeling about recruiting overall? Do you guys expect, and Matt, I can start with you here. Do you expect that these guys are going to all sign with Louisville, or do you do you think that we'll see a DeAndre Moore or a Stan Quan Clark jump somewhere else? I I mean, when you're recruiting at this high of a level, you're always at risk of a flip. I think we've all reached a consensus that uh, out of all the guys who are currently committed, the most likely to flip would be DeAndre Moore. I mean, oh, honestly, over the last month or so, they're outside of guys like Madden Sanker, Luke Burgess, and a select few, hasn't been as Louisville-centric as posting on social media. The, the traction on the recruiting trail hasn't been as strong. And honestly, up until a couple hours ago, and I, I say that because I'll explain it in a second, I was like, okay, maybe the recruiting is still – it's still going strong, yes, but maybe a couple guys are still, you know, firmly in flip territory, you know, like more, like Stan Quan Clark. And then – Literally a couple hours ago, I was forwarded the visitor list for the upcoming game. And I'm not going to go through every single list because there's damn near 50 prospects on this list. But this this is what counts. There are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten current commits coming to this game. Adonia Green, Aaron Williams, Pierce Clarkson, Jaleel McLean, Ruben Owens, Raekwon Adkins, Luke Burgess, Jaden Davis, DeAndre Moore, and Stan Quan Clark. So up until then, I was thinking, okay, maybe there's a legitimate shot that, you know, these guys could flip. I felt a little bit strongly about more on that front than I did Stan Kwan. But now that I know that all of those guys are going to be coming to campus in what should be the fullest that Cardinal Stadium has been since probably the Florida State game, I feel a lot more confident that they are going to stay committed and they might not have any flips there or that are unexpected. I still don't say that confidently, especially on more, but I, I feel like Stan Kwan is probably going to stay with Louisville. I know there's a lot of traction for Auburn. Hell, there was oddly enough, a lot of traction to Miami where oddly enough, he was being recruited by Charlie strong of all people. Cause he's their linebackers coach. I think that's Charlie. Should... 
Stop it. No. Yeah, stop yeah. it, Charlie. Yeah, Quinn. So I do I, anything to you? Stop. Like, I mean, if gun to head, I think Clark and Moore stay committed, but I don't feel confident about super confident about the latter. But I mean, if that means that Louisville gets Ruben Bain or any other guys that they're hard after. Now, I, I will say this, Jacob, I don't know like how common knowledge this is, but I was told that um, for what reason or whatever their reasoning is, Sean Russ is not a take. I mean, and I, and I looked through the list and he's not on the visitors list. So. Take that for what you will. Interesting. Well, here's what I'll say about the recruiting. Here's where I'm at with this, okay? If this class holds, and, and this is a big if, okay? If this class holds and you get DeAndre Moore specifically, it's kind of who I'm talking about in terms of holding. It seems like everybody else. You might lose somebody at the bottom, you know, a Katarius Hicks or somebody like that who's not really like a, a, a focal point at the top. They're an important piece, but not a focal point. If, if Sat and company lands this group, they get them signed, and they win one of if they win two of their next three games, it's time. It's time. It's time to give the e word? extension. To get it's time to give Satterfield the extension. <laughs> I think at that point you sign this class uh, and you show them that you're you're invested in Scott Satterfield seeing this through. And he's earned it at this point. That's oh. not something we were saying four or five weeks ago. He's earned it. He has fought back. He is Undertaker in a buried alive match. He has found his way back. Um, to uh, being in good graces. And now considering everything that's going on in basketball, my Lord, that's another story for another day. But um, Scott Satterfield is the most popular man on campus, you know, aside from, you know, obviously Jeff Walls is, is yeah, you leader of the Walls and Mac and over Mc, baseball. And Dan McDonald, yeah, let's not forget about him. Yeah. Right, right. But, uh, it, you know, in terms of just kind of like talking right now, it's, it's Satterfield yeah, yeah. has really done everything right. And, you know, they beat NC State this weekend. Um, and then they, if they knock off Kentucky, you're, you're really at this point, it's getting to a day by day before you start to hear grumblings of an extension. And, and to they be honest Kentucky with you, I don't know. They, when, go ahead, Matt. Sorry. Go ahead. They beat Kentucky. He might get extended that next Sunday. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think he signs that. I think Josh Hurd is standing on the sideline and as, as they go to meet at midfield, he hands him the contract extension in front of stoops and lets him sign it right there. Like that type of, that's the, that's the type of confidence you have in him at that point. Um, but I just think that, you know, everything that Satterfield has done over the last few weeks to me indicates he is the guy for the job here. He has fought back. This team is playing. Yeah, they lost to Clemson. We're going to get into that here in a second. I think there's a lot of BS that goes into the outcome of that game. But Satterfield has done everything to earn uh, his his stay here and reward the man now. I think he's done enough. I think they're going to win. I think they're going to potentially win all three of these next three games, you know, depending on where they end up in a bowl game. But um, Louisville football has fought back in a, a, from a, a an opponent a opponent that you didn't think they'd be able to fight against. And uh, fellas, jump in here, Presley and Vince. Recruiting wise, I mean, if you disagree, let, let me know what you think. But I just think that th these guys all, I mean, they've not done anything to show that they can't get better with better players. In my opinion, they did for a while, but they fought back. And you give Satterfield, Ruben Owens. Yeah. So my, my, my thing is, is after. You know, get all these kids signed. Let's have a strong season and things like that. And whenever that extension does come around and Sat does sign his name on that dotted line, uh, you know, I think back to guys like Coach Petrino who, you know, got that extension. And, oh, I'm going to be here for forever. I'm going to be here for forever and then jump ship the next season to go somewhere else. I think that South Carolina flirtation that he had whenever he was here in 19 uh, – kind of made him realize how hard this shit really is followed up with 2020 and 2021 like oh i can't 
just be my normal set app state i'm going to have to evolve i'm going to have to change here and there and things like that and uh, i think he could be our long-standing coach for a while if he has success i have gone i've always said i've said this to multiple people that this could be his Dabo sweeney spot where it's home uh the fans love him uh he's winning ball games I, i've always thought that about sad so i'm excited for him hopefully they can finish strong one thing that I'll kind of push back on, I'm looking at the ticket availability uh, for the NC State game, and it, it's it's rough. It has been all season, to be to be frank with you. It's been, yeah. I mean, it's been a forty to forty two thousand person attendance pretty much every game. Uh, I don't see, you know, I, I know a couple of weeks ago I really pushed to to try to get a lot of people out there. I don't see a lot of as many people willing to go out there when it's thirty five degrees and just kind of like bitterly cold. Um, and yeah, and just to add on that real quick, I mean, we, we've said, we've alluded a couple of times that the weather's going to be bad. The only thing bad about it is it's going to be cold. It's going to be right. sunny. Yeah, like, I was about to say, it, it, should, it shouldn't feel too bad. And especially if you're me, like, this is great weather for me. Like, I, I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to be getting a workout anyways. So yeah, running <laughs> up and down those stairs. Yeah. Uh, I, I want to say this is, this is completely off topic, but uh, my, the funniest thing of the week, again, completely off topic. Um, and I could not find the video. I'm so disappointed in my organization of my photos and videos on my phone. Was somebody calling the state of Louisville account a, a UK clan? It's the <laughs> best thing I've seen all week. And all I wanted to do was send was to send the video of Presley running up and down the stairs against Wake Forest, reminding yeah, yeah. everybody to get hyped. Like, I think no way that's a UK plant. <laughs> it's got to be somebody who's just like a just has a, no sarcasm at all. Like like a no no sarcasm meter, so maybe it's Matt, maybe it's Matt yeah. McGavin. Well, no, oh, now you know how I felt when I was Matt called when I was called again. Wildcat Matt. Yeah, <laughs> come on, Wildcat Matt, unbelievable. Um, but no, as far as the recruiting, yeah, DeAndre Moore is the one that worries me the most, and it does concern me that he's coming from Texas uh, off of the weekend that they just had. Um, wow, and then I, to, well, they did lose. So uh, yeah, well, they lost. They Arch, Manning, Arch Manning was there though. Well, and I was. But would say, you rather catch passes? Be the fifth option for Arch Manning, or would you rather be the first option for Pierce Clarkson, who you've played with for the last twelve months? You know, that's yeah. I, I mean, I, I think I think that's a that's a good way to put it. Uh, my concern would be though, just culturally, when you go from it from you know warm sunny Texas and a sold out stadium with like 90,000 people to Louisville where it's 35 degrees and there's going to be like 20,000 people there when the seniors come out and like, it's just generous. That's very generous. I was about to say culturally, it's just, it's a lot different. So you have to, they really got to be selling them this weekend on, well, yeah, you get a chance to, you know, it's going to be like Texas when you're a senior. So like, that's, that's kind of what, what this means. (laughs) That's what the spin's going to be. <laughs> They're showing no freaking uh, Field of Dreams highlights. If you build it, they will come. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know you're laughing. If y'all come and we win games, they'll come. <laughs> I mean, but you, you've you been a part of this. You know that that's what it's like. Like, you know that's yeah, what they're going to be saying. Man. Yeah. So, so, I mean, that that's that's what concerns me the most is just, like, it's going to be ugly. But the last time that the – the first time the recruits all came in, like, when it was just absolutely terrible weather, it snowed if you remember, and they did like the awesome photo shoot and everybody loved it. Yeah, they're used to it. Bring on the snow at this point, man. That only get cooler pictures with cars, you know? We're all sitting over here like, great, they love the snow. Yeah, (laughs) right, exactly. And I also want to call out that they have some some uncommitted prospects, one of which I'm I'm ready to go all out on an NIL deal. Whatever they need us for the white rhino, 
we'll we'll do it. State of <laughs> Louisville will fork up the cash yeah. to get the white rhino to Louisville. I you know that's illegal. We won't do that. We'll do it afterwards when he gets, you know, when he signs and we'll then we'll do it. But there there's a lot of kids coming in this weekend for Louisville who um both committed and uncommitted have a chance to be a part of something special. And, and I I say the extension thing because I I really do feel like we've we've gotten the sample size now to know that that Louisville can play at the top. Um, and say what you will about the schedule, but they've, they've beaten a top 10 team. They hung with a top 10 team uh, and they got another chance this weekend, um, you know, and they're going to do things this season that Satterfield never did. And that's, that's beat teams who finished the season ranked and, and finished ranked pretty highly. So overall, the future of the little football program is looking good. Um, and that's a great transition. We'll, we'll see what's looking good on, on this end uh, in terms of right and wrong. The segment each week where we dive into what we said the previous week and how and grade ourselves on how we did. Um, I told you guys last week that I thought Gigi Robinson was likely going to be the lead candidate on this on uh, this segment <laughs> this week. And so, uh, Presley Meyer, I, I hand it over to you with the hopes that um, he's not here to defend himself. So I, I do feel bad in that, but uh, <laughs> hopes that Gigi has uh, made his debut on Right and Wrong. Yeah, well, I mean, there's not a bunch to really go in on with, with Gigi because it was really more just he was very adamant that Louisville was going to win. And anytime Jacob or anybody came back against him, he said, no, no. Keep in mind, this is the guy that was in my DMs calling me crazy before the Virginia game. So, so <laughs> it's, it's, been a, it's been a quick road rise to the top for, for Gigi. But, uh, no, I mean, uh, that, there wasn't a ton to get into other than him just giving you shit, Jacob. But, he, but the one quote that I, that I cracked up at listening back was, are you a Louisville fan or a Clemson fan? Which I, I just thought was great. <laughs> um, but, no, I broke it down by personal. Well, are you? So, so well, yeah. Are, are are you where Gigi was right? Yeah, this is a this is a uh, this is a, a Clemson troll account apparently now. So um, no, but I, I actually broke it down by person this week. So uh, we'll start with Vince. So Vince, where Vince was right, he said that Satter, Satterfield needs to have at least one back rush for over 100 yards. That did not happen, obviously. Uh, you also said that Louisville has to be successful with the run to be successful with the pass. And to an extent, uh, I think that's correct. Uh, Louisville had 13 big plays, six of which were passing, seven were rushing. Uh, but one of the, the the last play of the game was considered a big play uh, to Mar- Homari Huggins-Bruce, which I still think I was a bit sarcastic uh, and, you know, had been drinking and just like just frustrated uh, on, on Saturday. But I, I do feel that it's absolutely asinine that Louisville didn't get to score that last point. I really think they get they should get the score. I, I, Matt, I know, I know, but they should, we get should have the them point. bring both just teams back to Clemson this weekend just for that one point. For those who real don't, quick, for those who don't know, real quick, they did not kick the extra point, not because Clemson stormed the field or met at the pole, but because the extra point had no bearing on the final outcome of the game. That is why the extra point was not kicked. What if the line was fourteen? Yeah. What are, yeah. What Vegas, if, it's like Greensboro, but Vegas edition phoning in fellas, right. get them back on the field. Yeah, we got to doing that. Got that on the line here, boys. <laughs> I'd want um, them to just miss the extra point on purpose. <laughs> yeah. What if, what, what if Louisville, like say, what if the line was 13 and Louisville went for two? What then? Uh, yeah. You, like you, you just don't know. Yeah. You just don't know. Anyways. But uh, you said Louisville has to be successful with the run uh, in order to pass. I think it's, that's kind of a, kind of a wash. I thought that they were quasi successful with the run, but they hit a lot of bigger plays. They had, you know, a 44 yard run, they had a 34 yard run. 
Um, you know, the, the Tyon Evans touchdown run was, I believe 13 yards, no 16 yards. What was it again? Yeah. Sorry, 16 I gotta, yards. Yeah. 16 I have, to, yards. have to pull up, pull up the stats again here, but, um, yeah. So, uh, where you got it wrong, Vince score prediction, obviously. Uh, but where you got it right, you said Louisville can make Clemson's quarterbacks uncomfortable, which is absolutely true. Uh, I, I really felt that, that DJ never was really, uh, was able to gather his bearings, but also thought it was interesting that Will Ship or not Will Shipley, uh, Cade Klubnick didn't really see much time on the field either. After the coaching staff kind of was really sold on on making sure that that they it seemed like they they had a game plan to get Klubnick on the field and he barely played. So thought that was interesting. And, and finally, Vince said he thinks that Will Shipley um, is much more of a problem for Louisville than DJ U, which I agreed that he. He definitely was. Um, Here's my thing. I've officially established this. Today, after watching the uh, condensed game, and I don't know how you all feel. You probably don't feel the same as I do, but uh, Will Shipley is my Christian Leitner. I cannot stand watching that man play football. I cannot stand it. I mean, it's like he, he shouldn't be jumping over somebody. And no world... He just doesn't look athletic. That's what that and like the way he carries the ball. He does like some grade school BS. He should fumble all the time where he brings the ball all the way over, uh, like above his ear, to, like swim somebody over with the ball. Yes. It's like, yes. I did those, though, you know, yeah, he, he did. is my Christian. He is. They call I that a chicken like wing. Him. I will never like him. Uh, he's a good dude and would like to have a beer with him. But no, I don't like him. he he runs the ball like uh, Wheeler for UK dribbles the basketball. Just like there's like no way that you should lead the SEC in assists when you're dribbling the ball above your head. Yeah, yeah right. Um, I'm, I'm like, it, it makes no sense. The man should have 25 fumbles and not even see the field. But here he is hurdling people. And Yeah, well, the, the hurdle, what, and we'll get into this in a bit, but really what oh. upset me with the hurdle was they should have been punting before that play. Uh, and instead, yeah. we're given gifted a, a first down, which just absolutely just grinds my gears. But anyways, we'll get in that, into that in a bit. Jacob, uh, uh, I, I wouldn't say right or wrong necessarily, but but a good point. You guys can decide for yourselves. You said Clemson's defensive line is not as strong as years past, and Louisville's offensive line needs to establish itself. Now, uh, Clemson's offensive line kind of ate uh, on Saturday. Yeah, they ate on both sides of the line of scrimmage. <laughs> Louisville's offensive line got pushed backwards for the first time, I think, all season. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so you, I think you said it in a point of, like, this needs to be Louisville's – like where they attack Clemson, uh, but really it turned out being where it was it was a weakness for Louisville. So I wouldn't say you got it right or wrong, but you were correct in saying that that was the case. Um, you got it wrong in that you said you think the offensive line will hold their own. So there you go. Yeah, no, um, you got it right no. when you said uh, you think that Malik that we need Malik to have a career game in order to win that game. Um, and and I, I mean that was that was unfortunately great. I mean, you were right on that. One. I mean that was right because he was right because it didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right. exactly. Uh, and then finally, Jacob was right. Now I, I try to keep these to to a minimum because it it was a very long podcast and there were a lot of things said. So, uh, but uh, Jacob said Jacob was the only one that predicted a Clemson victory. So uh, that is where he got it right. Um, where I, where I got it wrong uh, was the score prediction. And I was pretty uh, chesty about it, but that's all right. We won't talk about that. Um, I got it right. Real convenient. Real convenient. That we're not <laughs> so, talk about uh, on the segment <laughs> when we talk about it, about what you said. 
Yeah, I don't yeah. remember, but I would imagine it deserves to be inserted at this point, right? Yeah, now. I was I wasn't as chesty as Gigi, but I was less chesty than Vince. How about there? I was <laughs> on a scale. Well, I was catching bobs from you and Gigi. I was yeah. like, yeah, these guys got me. I mean, we're gonna beat them. We're gonna beat them. Vince was just a victim. He was a victim of the circumstances. He was just a part of the the vibe drive by. Um. So, <laughs> so I and really the other place I I didn't really talk much towards the end of the podcast because we had a special guest on but uh i would like to get into just like a two-minute segment where i pretty much just came out guns ablazing. i said that louisville's gonna have to play like they're going to win by 14 plus i like that Absolutely yeah true yeah uh a, a direct quote was we're going to have to look back at this game and say okay louisville thoroughly dominated that game they were the better team because clemson gets those calls man that's exactly what i said and what then calls? i went on to say it took a lot of help from the officiating the home crowd, all of those outside factors to win 27 to 21. Syracuse was winning the game. We are talking about the, the game previously. Syracuse was going to win that game, and they should have had the game wrapped up. But because of the officials, they ultimately lost. Uh, and then finally, I said, Louisville knows how to hang with Clemson, but you got to have that extra notch. So again, kind of going back to they really have to play like they're going to win by 14 plus to win by three. Uh, and I think that uh, in reality, Louisville played – very, very neck and neck, very close to Clemson uh, and lost by 15, should have been 14. Um, so ultimately, I would say I was I was definitely definitely right on that. Um, but yeah, that, that's that pretty much that pretty much wraps it up for this week's segment. We could have gotten a lot deeper into into that stuff, but I got one covered it. I got one for you. Okay, where, where Matt got wrong. Oh right. God! Here we go. Was not joining us last week and just completely getting roasted through right and wrong. He did, Ooh, and he yeah, has no I idea. I don't even know if you listened to it. He did not. No, it no. was it was some uh, from the hit for sure. Yeah. Oh God! Yeah, we happened? talked about we talked about your weak stomach, man. You got to be better. You got to if you're gonna eat Taco Bell before the podcast, uh, you got to suffer. That's you know Vince essentially said you're not a real man because you had to. Uh, so I sent that text about Arnold and, Paul earlier. I thought you'd get it, but. No, but that's like I said, the funniest part about last week was that Matt doesn't listen to the show, so he had no idea until just now in this very moment. (laughs) And it's amazing. I love it. I'd like to say that uh, this is my Jordan flu pod. I've got like 101 fever, so I'm still here, baby. Sorry, I'm not built different press. (laughs) (laughs) It's probably because you wore a trench coat on the sidelines at the James Madison game. I think that's what it is. I thought it was good a deluge, man. I'm sorry. (laughs) Wear a cutoff hoodie. All right, let's dive into let's dive into the actual um, results on the field for Louisville and Clemson. Obviously, Louisville falls thirty-one to sixteen. Should have been thirty-one to seventeen. I'll continue to to scream that from the mountaintop for you, Presley. Uh, but um, they do so without Malik Cunningham, who goes down early without an injury. And guys, I just I, I just felt so bad for him. I just felt so bad. He never looked healthy. Uh, and we're going to get into this in a little bit, but if I'm Satterfield, uh, I shut him down. I'm shutting him down for a little bit. Um, and honestly, if I'm a leak, I might not consider playing again the rest of the year, uh, just considering what's ahead for him. But that's a, that's a story for another day. We'll get into all the specifics. But uh, overall, just really from the jump, Louisville starts out really uh, playing like they're Louisville. And, and I don't mean that as a slight, but what that means is they came out conservative, running the football on first and second down. Um, in a way that wasn't creative, not a lot of motion, not a lot of movement. Vince is going to get into that here in a second with Vince's game notes. Um, but Louisville uh, last season in 2021 really was able to to get up front and control Clemson. They were not able to do that this week. Uh, Clemson dominated four sacks in this game. Um, they got essentially whatever they wanted. 
nine tackles for loss. Uh, Louisville struggled to run the football, uh, only rushing for 150 yards, uh, doing so with Tyon Evans injured uh, for most of that second half. Um, and, and Louisville now kind of picking up the pieces, moves on. You don't really know what the situation is at quarterback. Uh, like I said, I, I wonder if Malik should be playing out there. He really looked like he was struggling. But uh, what what emerges from this game, uh, and again, we're going to dive into that here in just a second, is Tyler Hudson. He is uh, becoming what we thought and talked about this offseason he could be. Um, I, I mentioned it this week on Twitter. He is just 100, I think it's 133 yards or something along those lines away from um, a thousand yards. He would become, this is a stat that blows my mind all the time, considering all the receivers that have walked through here who've been really good for the last uh, 15 years. But Louisville has had one 1,000 yard receiver since the year 2007, and that was 2 2 Atwell in 2019. Um, Tyler Hudson is on the verge of becoming the second receiver to do that, uh, and that is a great accomplishment. Uh, but let's dive into Vince's game notes. Vince, take us through um, in an abbreviated segment this week what, what you saw from Louisville offensively and defensively as they fall to Clemson. It's time to get down to brass tacks. Vince's game notes with Vincent Lacoco. I mean, starting it off, the opening one of the opening plays uh, last week. We talked about the tackling of the defense and how poor it was, and uh, I was talking about uh, us in open space. And I'm not confident in us tackling in open space. Josh Minkins came through on that, so I got to give Josh a little shout out before we really get to all the bitching and crying and stuff. It was, I mean, it's a one on one tackle with a running back. He's probably what ten yards ahead of you. Head start. I mean, it was a good play, uh, but. It felt like, you know, Brownlee was getting picked on a little bit during the game. Felt uh, the the main thing I was noticing with him was is, is he bites on double moves a lot. I mean, he's really going for that pick, going for the breakup, uh, wants to make a play on it. Uh, where I feel like we lost the game was obviously at the line of scrimmage. Uh, it it all starts right there. If you get a good push on the offensive line, then we're able to establish a run game and. It just felt like all game, like there was penetration everywhere and guys weren't hitting the holes that they were supposed to hit. It was uh, either hitting a cutback or, you know, cutting it off one hole early or maybe ex- extending it a little bit more. Uh, so it it started with the up front and D, D line, same thing. I D, Defense, I was happy with. Like I was cool with it and I felt like, the, the offense just should have did more, man. I mean, there's no yeah. there's no other way to break it down, and it pisses me off. There was no creativity with set. There was no sexy set, as we like to say on the show. Uh, it was just boring. Like, I don't know how else to put it. Fumbles, uh, you know, the interception with Brock, I thought was a terrible ball. I mean, he he was open, but why throw it on the back hip? That play's designed to where if there's green grass in front of you, he's going to keep it running. And Marshawn's the deciding factor on that. If Marshawn looks at him, that means I want the ball now. So you give me the ball, but you lead him. If Marshawn is, settles his feet, then he's obviously sit, sitting down and he's running, uh, I don't know, I guess like a little hitch almost. It's, like, it's a drag route basically. But the, but that route, Brock should have threw it way, way further out there. Uh Guys, it, it just was shitty. <laughs> it was shitty, and I want Presley to bitch about the refs because, I mean, that's really the moral of the story. If we get a couple of these calls, and, and Louisville was due for this game. I feel like every year we have a game where it's straight refs 
and we got to beat the refs plus the opponent. Last year, I felt like that was Wake Forest. This year, it's Clemson. It seems like that trend, for whatever reason, is Carolina. I was going to say, I wonder what state they're from. I I know. Or states. You you think you think your guy from, you know, App State, the hardworking blue-collar guy, throw him a bone and, you know, let us get a couple of these calls. But no, the one that pissed me off the most, y'all, was the face mask call. I mean, because that's how you get kids hurt. That that's mm-hmm. what I don't understand. It's whoever that ref back there, he should be fired and be demoted into middle school games. Like it, it was brutal. Uh T Huddy, like you said, Jacob, I mean, the dude catches everything that comes in his area. Uh Brock had a beautiful ball to Braden. Oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Whatever. Go ahead. Whatever. <laughs> Amazing. Brock had a great ball to Braden in the game that we should have uh, should have been able to kick field goal on. It was just frustrating, and I'm sure you can hear my frustration with me just kind of rambling because I don't even know where to start. It's uh, it's one of those games that just pisses you off. And, and just kind of building off that, this was a Clemson front seven that was very vulnerable. I know. I mean, yeah. he- heading into that game, I mean, they had given up over their their three game two of their three games before that matchup Clemson had given up 200 plus yards rushing they hadn't done that all year this was a defense that was reeling at at one point it was their secondary when they got torched by Wake Forest and then that transitioned until into that they couldn't stop the run there were portions of this Clemson defense that looked outright beatable and Louisville just did not take advantage of it at all and I thought you know, Matt, it's – I don't know how much of it was on our offensive line. Obviously, a good portion of it is with the pressures uh, and guys shooting gaps and stuff. But in the past game, I mean, I'm seeing a running back get hurtled by a linebacker. I'm seeing a running back get tossed into our quarterback getting ch- – I mean, teach tape stuff, stuff that you go and you uh, you pull up before the game whenever parents are coming in to check out the stadium and stuff. And you're like, hey, this is what we're going to do with your kid. Like those plays. There was like three or four of them with our running backs last week, and it was really bothering me because, I, I mean, it's not that hard, guys. It's it's not that hard, and I'm I'm not saying I can go right now, but you get what I'm saying. Sure, sure, yeah. It, it on the defensive side, I'm not gonna pick that apart too much because I mean, for the most part, they did a pretty damn solid job, but that was easily one of the worst tackling games of the season. I think yeah. the one that probably can kind of jockey for that title is the Florida State game. But it seemed like whenever they weren't blowing up the backfield or getting a crucial stop on third down, they were taking poor angles and not wrapping up. It seemed like I I counted so many times where there were the linebacker or corner had a man in the open field in pursuit and they didn't take the right angle to get there and they're able to turn the corner for an extra five, 10 yards that happened countless times, countless times. And I, and I felt like it's interesting. Presley didn't mention this during right and wrong, but I, I think it was last week. Gigi talked about that go, an offense uh, going against Louisville's defense was better off. Um, at least in Louisville's favor, going side to side, trying to throw short screens, trying to, you know, run quick draws or quick, you know, kind of mixing up that inside outside run. I thought Clemson 
they did that and they did it well, obviously it, it counted for them for a lot of points and moving the football. But I think a lot of that, uh, the problems with that was Louisville's tackling. They were there at, at uh, either a loss for, for gain or, you know, just a couple of yards uh, and they couldn't bring down the ball carrier. And, and it wasn't just Jarvis Brownlee, like, uh, you know, Yasir missed a tackle, uh, you know, um, MJ Griffin obviously got hurdled. Like had that sack that he could have had. Uh, DJ ended up throwing it on the ground. I, I know that is going to be a play that lives with him for a long time. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But I, I felt like this game on defense was um I, I actually kind of, you know, I, this is gonna sound stupid. I liked that they had that game, like because they played well enough in a lot of areas to beat Clemson. Um, in terms of just being aggressive on defense, they 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 got they had eight tackles for loss. They only had two sacks. They had a couple of QB hits, but I I felt like that defense took a punch in the mouth that it needed a little bit to be like, okay, maybe we're not as good as what we thought we were coming off of games where they're just turning dudes over left and right and sacking the quarterback and slowing down run offenses. I mean, Phil Moffa and and will it's really more Phil Moffa than Will Shipley. They just got whatever the hell they wanted. Whenever yeah. they wanted it, they didn't beat Louisville by doing anything crazy execution wise or doing anything that that's off the radar. They just lined up and punched him in the mouth. It was I, I was, glad. I was and, ready to throw my remote at the TV when I saw the Clemson offensive line and team driving our defense for an extra three, four yards or whatever it was to get the first down. Cause I know that is not Louisville football. And here's here's the thing. Here I, I talked a lot about that extension with Satterfield. Here's where I think a lot of people see worries and have qualms with him. I think if you come out in that first quarter and you're a little bit more aggressive on offense, it sets the tone for the rest of the game. They came yep. out so vanilla play calling. It was inside zone, outside zone, inside zone, outside zone. There it was nothing, it, you know, to really kind of set the tone. And, and I think a lot of that has to do with Malik's injury. I really do. Like, I, look, I'm not a, a newsbreaker and I, I'm not going to get into the detail, but I think we all know that that, that injury was far worse than what was led on with Malik, obviously. Um, and yeah. the shoulder injury now, I think the same thing, the way he landed and the way that he came down, I would just be shocked if he played on Saturday. That was his shoulder. I, yes. It yeah, was, it was his, a shoulder. His right shoulder. Yeah. I thought he broke shoulder. his hand. I thought he broke his hand trying to fall. That's what I thought too. And I'm like, it looked like he just yeah. grazed the top of it. And then that, and the announcers obviously are hand, hand, hand. Yeah, I mean, yeah. what if you all really paid attention, the first sack he had, what'd he do? Slapped the ground with his hand, with yeah. the broken hand. Oh, see, I didn't realize that. I didn't catch that. I That's an interesting that. catch. Yes. First thing uh, he did was slap the ground. I guess obviously your be natural pure reaction. But <laughs> what'd you say? That's got to be pure adrenaline right there. It had to have been. I know that it hurt like an MF. And yeah, so, yeah. go ahead, Matt. Kind of building off of your last point. I mean, what what were some of the talking points all week? I mean, yeah, Louisville's motivated because they they want to revenge last year, but Clemson's just as motivated because they got the ass kicked by Notre Dame, and they're going to be motivated. And you could tell from the jump that not to say this game didn't mean anything to Louisville because they clearly did. They wanted to get over last year's loss, but you can tell that this meant a hell of a lot more to Clemson because they not only set the tone on offense, they said on defense and they did it from each series from the jump. They, cause I, I genuinely thought based on how both teams were trending, this would be a game where Louisville should do. I don't want to say dominate in the trenches, but do fairly well. And 
that was not the case at all. Clemson came right out, looked at Louisville, and punched them right in the mouth. And not not to say Louisville didn't respond, but they didn't know how to collect themselves after getting punched in the mouth. And it, that's just kind of all she wrote right there. It's it's that kind of stuff that, that you know sets the difference of Louisville being a, a nine ten win team versus being a seven six seven win team, and it's disappointing to see. But I still feel like I walk away from this game saying it could have been far worse, which that's not really what you want to be saying after a game against Clemson. Um, but they fought, and their defense got stopped yes. after stop after stop when they needed it. Now they also gave up big running plays, so not great. Not 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 a game you want to necessarily put on as the the lead uh, tape for your season. And and once again, the, the tradition like no other when Will Shipley is drafted late in the sixth round oh. of the NFL draft in twenty twenty three. You're sure as hell going to see it. Yes, he will, Vince. No. Yes, he will, Vince. No. Vince, look at what Hunter Renfro is doing in the NFL right now. Will Shipley. play two completely different positions. It doesn't matter. They're they're built from the same, the exact same type of football mentality. They're smart and they're they're really, 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 really hard workers. Now, that's the white stereotype. I was just about to say, is he he scrappy? Is he sneaky athletic? No, Shipley's gonna play in the NFL. Say what you will, but bet. Shipley's right gonna play in the NFL. Yeah, I'll bet you. What do you want? I'll I'll take you to Steak and Bourbon if he doesn't make an NFL roster next year. Deal, Steak and Bourbon. No, hold on, drafted. We said drafted. Okay, that's fine. Sure, it doesn't matter though if he doesn't Steak get drafted and, and he makes a roster. What's the difference? My point being is he's going to play in the NFL. Hunter Renfro looks like he should be hosting this show with us, oh and he's playing in the NFL, making buku dollars. Okay, Will Shipley is. Equally as good of a football player, equally as good as a football, but he's not going to have the game-winning touchdown catch in the in the college football championship. So that's the difference between the two of them, right there. Um, any closing thoughts on the offense? I don't know if you were if you were going to continue if you had anything else, but uh, it was just not, boring, bro. Like yeah. that's what it was. Everybody can tell it was boring, and we got owned up front. You're never going to be able to win because just, if you if you get owned up front, because you won't be able to establish a run, you won't be able to throw the ball. I mean it. Everybody likes to say quarterback's the most important position, but those five guys up front are pretty damn important too. So yeah, and and I, I think one of the more underrated points was that, I mean, for the for most of the season for Clemson, I mean, the rushing game has been Will Shipley, Will Shipley, Will Shipley, and more Will Shipley. Not only did Will Shipley get his, Phil Moffa woke the fuck up, and then the the passing game for Clemson, which has been, I mean, let's say call it what it is, fairly underwhelming because DJU has been so inconsistent. Not only did he was he able to get his confidence going early by getting involved in quarterback design run plays, Antonio Williams tore that secondary apart. Like, what was that? Like eleven catches for a hundred for a buck forty or something like that. Like anything he wanted on short yardage gains, where he's able to like get, generate some quick space and then run after catch, it was his for the taking. Like there were several different weapons for Cle- on that Clemson offense, they were able to take advantage of Louisville on, on an offensive unit that has been definitely not up to the Clemson standards as of late. I really like uh, Antonio Williams. Is that his name? Their freshman receiver. Yeah. That kid's going to be special. That kid's going to be good. He is really good. And, and Louisville let him have whatever he wanted, but I really, I really like him. I mean, it's, it's been a couple of years. I made the joke. I think last year, Matt, when we were doing the um, season previews talking about Clemson, I'm like, well, Clemson's only as good as the skill players that the common person knows. Like, I, I, last year, I didn't know a single skill position player that plays for Clemson. This year, it was Will Shipley, Shipley and a bunch of dudes, but they came out against Louisville, and 
they got theirs. Like, I mean, I know the numbers weren't necessarily like great, but Moffa and, uh, and Shipley and, and Williams and, and some of the other guys that got going against Louisville and that's all the difference. Um, but let's talk about what the real difference maker was um, in this game. And that's the officiating. I think that Vince, you, you, you said it spot on. That is such a good way of putting it. There's a game every year for Louisville where they have to beat the opponents and the refs. Like this is the classic, uh, the kind of parallel in our lives is um, in Kentucky basketball, high school basketball, when you go to state, you're going to get screwed by the officials because the entire state of Louisville hates, or the entire state of Kentucky hates the city of Louisville schools. And in, in my senior year of high school, Eastern high school was ranked nationally in, in basketball. And they lost to a school named Christian County on a double dribble call. I have, you don't see that call. Uh, the, the equivalent of that is in college football when Clemson gets the Greensboro review, when NC State gets the call down from the booth, when even freaking James Madison, I think they're in Virginia. They're not even in North Carolina. Like these schools get the calls over Louisville, and it, it turns into what we saw Saturday to where Sunday morning when I woke up and was checking Twitter, it was just every other tweet was a video of the officials just missing a penalty, uh, whether it be a hold or a face mask or ripping. They could have ripped Malik's helmet off thrown it into the ground and then buried it, pulled it back up, did it again and buried it again. And they wouldn't have called a penalty on it. It would have been like, <laughs> sorry, dude, you should have protected your helmet a little bit better. Especially <laughs> what, what the hell? Like what did, tell me just, you know, we don't need to go play by play, but like just quickly summarize how that really impacted the game overall. Well, I mean, first of all, I, I as I kind of summed up earlier, I, I, I told you like, and I, I knew that was going to happen. I just didn't like, you didn't want it to happen. Right. Right. And you never, it's like, it's, it's something that's so difficult to predict. Like, like I, I get that, like we, as a fan, right. As somebody who is passionate about it, you want to be like, Oh, the refs, you know, they're just going to have them in their pocket or whatever, but history is indicated. And it's not just against Louisville. It's, it's against other opponents as well. There's a reason Clemson's won 39 games in, in a row at home. Uh, most of it has to do with the fact that they've won two or three, two or three national championships uh, in the time that Louisville's been in the ACC, but the 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 other aspect of it as well is is that you know for for what it, for one reason or another the the officials have really, I mean, it, it doesn't it doesn't take you know somebody with a keen eye for this stuff to realize that, that they're missing things, and I think that's what's so concerning. And a lot of people have talked about too that the officiating really made a difference as far as the momentum of the game. Anytime that Louisville had a play that really helped them gain momentum, there was either a lack of a call or a call that should not have been made that ultimately affected the game. And I think that when you break it down, um, Clemson had, was called for four penalties, um, all of them on offense, and three of them were procedural penalties, meaning that it was their own damn fault and, every, and everybody saw it, so they had to call it. Like, like a, a false start was, was, were three of their penalties. Um, zero penalties on defense. When you go back and look at the tape, it's absolutely asinine that that's the case. Like, first of all, I mean, like the, the face mask where the guy, I mean, was it Tyon or was it? Uh, no, it was Jawar. Jawar. It was Jawar, that's right. So, so Jawar, I mean, granted, our offensive line should have never allowed a Clemson player to come free into the backfield right as he's getting the handoff. But by by the same token, like you can't just – Jawar kind of makes his his you know makes his money on essentially being elusive. He that, that guy was not going to tackle him. 
if he didn't grab his face mask. Uh, and he, he grabbed ran so right hard past that, him. that he put, yeah, he pulled him, he pulled him right down. Like it, it it's, uh, it, it's just, it, it's kind of one that just kind of encapsulates what, what was going on during this game. But I, I think the other big one was uh, the pass interference that was called on, on Shipley uh, kind of, I guess it was kind of a wheel route where he. Uh, Lincoln's covering him. Yeah. Minkins was covering him um, kind of going down towards the pile on, on in the right corner of the end zone. Um, and, and the ball was, it was a ball that he probably wasn't going to catch. And so Shipley without even being touched, just decides to fall over and the back, I guess it wasn't even the back judge. I guess it was the side judge on by the line of scrimmage is the one who threw the flag. The ref that was right in front of the play, literally right in front of the play, threw, did not throw a flag. And when you go back and look at the replay, it's very obvious that Shipley – I mean, granted, players are, are coached to do this. You know you're not going to catch a ball and a guy somewhere close to you. Just fall down. Why not? You know, see what happens. You know, it's kind of like uh, Appalachian State against Louisville. Like, if they're gonna if they're gonna back you down and you don't think you can stop them, just flop. Well, I mean, make when them make a, the win an call, Academy right? Award is what Brewer used to say. Yeah, yeah, just, <laughs> just make make them make the call, man. And uh, I mean, there there were probably a half dozen other examples, but I, I think that you know I don't have any. You know, there's not a lot of statistics to back it up other than than just the the fact that Clemson was not called for a single defensive penalty. Um, but I mean, it was incredibly obvious and I was kind of blindingly mad over this just because you just want to see your team have a fair chance and you know when you're going on the road nine times out of ten you're going to have your back against the wall because it, like anything the refs are going to be more inclined to to call penalties on, on on the road team just because of the the hostility of the environment if you will that one times when you play at Louisville, by the way, guys. Yeah, unless it's Wake Forest <laughs> playing at Louisville. And, and this is kind of something that we got into after Wake Forest, right? Like, if the Wake Forest game would have continued the way that it went in the first half, we would have been having this conversation after the Wake Forest game. It just took Louisville forcing eight turnovers in the second half uh, for, for us to kind of forget about that. We're like, okay, all right, they suck, but we're just better, you know, whatever. Like, <laughs> But against Clemson, a team that – it by every metric that you look at besides first downs gained Louisville played right along with Clemson. They had the same amount of big plays. They were very similar in yardage, very similar in time of possession, uh, you know, very similar in, in defensive statistics. Louisville had eight tackles for loss. Clemson had nine tackles for loss. Clemson had four sacks. Louisville had two, uh, you know, Louisville was right there. Clemson turned the ball over one more time than Louisville. So with all that being said, how does Clemson, come to a 15 point victory. I mean, a, a lot of it has to do with the momentum changing um, from the, the officials. We said it was going to happen before the game. Uh, we said that Louisville had to rise above that and be better. And Scott Satterfield said that um, in his weekly press conference, he said, things are not going to go our way. We have to push through that. We have to, we have to be better than that. Um, and, and ultimately I think, I think that the teams, the two teams played very similar games. I don't think Clemson by any means outplayed Louisville. I think that that anytime Louisville gained any momentum, the officiating took it right back, and that's that's what's so frustrating about everything. So, uh, you know, no, nothing super tangible. You can't do a ton of research uh, to to demonstrate on a podcast because nobody's looking at, at what we're talking about. Uh, but by the same token, I mean, it, it, if you had eyes and you watched that game, it was very obvious 
um, what was happening. And that's uh, incredibly infuriating. We're going to do a little bit of a sack update. We're going to, we're going to squeeze that into the show here because Louisville did get two sacks against Clemson. Uh, and we are at the point now, almost <laughs> at the end of the year, uh, to where the sack race, this is really crucial hours, okay? This is crucial hours in the sack race. Yaya Diaby, six and a half sacks, leads Louisville. Yasir Abdullah gets a sack on Saturday. He's now five and, five and a half sacks on the year. Uh, and then Momo Sonogo uh, got one this past weekend, and he is now at three and a half. So we are at Yaya Diaby, Yasir Abdullah, Monty Montgomery, Ashton Jalati, Momo Sonogo. It is a five-man race for who is going to be the sack leader. That is going to be fun to watch down the stretch of the season. My wife has Moe's. We have dinner over here, and the bag crinkling is very loud. It's hard to pay attention. Quit eating chips, Taylor. She's right. It is 10 o'clock, and it is dinner time around here. Uh, but the second thing I want to get to here is that we have got a pair of tickets to give away for the football game on Saturday. That's right. And we're going to give those away right now with a little bit of trivia. Okay. So Get those phones handy. Get those phones handy. Do. Yes, this is recorded. Uh, and yes, you are probably listening to this far after the time when we've all gathered around the microphones to chat here. Um, but the DMs are open. Okay. At Pink Seats Pod, the first person to answer this question via DM to at Pink Seats Pod is going to win a pair of seats uh, to the game on Saturday as well as a from the pink seats podcast shirt. That's the real prize here. That one right there. So Presley, I'm coming to you for our trivia question. All right, guys, listen, listen, listen. So Malik Cunningham, senior day, uh, he's going to be departing from us. And, and what that will take away is, is that Louisville will have a new starter next year. Uh, what that also means is that there'll be at least one other person that's potentially more that plays quarterback next year. But the question this week is, since the start of the 2016 season, how many quarterbacks, not just any player, like we know that some, some, uh, some, you know, Braden Smith and some punters and stuff have, have gotten in on the action. Ryan Shalafoe, put some respect on our boy Ryan, yeah, I'm Ryan sorry. Shalafoe's name. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Don't uh, Sorry. Him. Sorry, Shal. Against NC State. Okay. About that. How about, you know, well, look at that. The correlation we there. We should have just done a, a, a Ryan Shalafoe question. Yeah, that's a good point. We should have had our, our trivia question been about Ryan Shalafoe. Too a little too late because I already did the research. Um, how many quarterbacks have thrown a pass for Louisville football since the start of the 2016 season? If you DM us that, the, the correct answer to the question, those tickets are yours, baby. Uh, just just DM, DM us with the answer and, and send us that email, and we will transfer them right to your phone. All right, everybody's Thanks. guessing around here. We're not going to answer. Yeah, we're not like going. We're not going to give you the answer here. But it, it's it's interesting when you really think about it. It's a it's a list of of who's who at quarterback. It really uh, is. It's it, pretty it's, fascinating. It's actually. kind of fun. It's kind of fun uh, because more people have taken snaps at quarterback than you would think, considering the fact that uh, 2016 and 17 you had, of course, number eight majority of the snaps playing there. So, all right, at Pink Seeds Pod is where you can uh, shoot us a DM, and then the first person. Uh, to do that as they listen we'll win that pair of tickets and 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 uh from the pink seats podcast shirt all right we're gonna take a quick break here and when we come back on the other side of the show we're gonna break down nc state we're gonna get into what you can expect on saturday on senior day as louisville battles um to continue to get closer to that eight win mark bull eligible but uh seven eight wins on the line here we'll be right back Saturday, NC State, uh, a battle of the banged-up teams with quarterbacks. We don't know who's going to play quarterback on both sides, um, I, I think. I think. I don't know. I, I've heard and seen 
rumors about injuries at quarterback at NC State, so maybe you'll see. Who knows? Who knows? But Louisville will play NC State um, on on Saturday, and they will look to get their seventh win of the season. But let's talk about this game a little bit because it's extremely important uh, for Louisville. Um, obviously, NC State was at the time, at the beginning of the season, talked about as a top 10, 15 team. They've fallen off a little bit because of injuries. They're coming off of a, a bad loss to Boston College, which welcome to the club. It's not a good club to be in this year, but that's a club that we can enjoy together. Um, and they will um, – Louisville will look to keep some momentum going. They, they, this is a game I think that's very, very winnable uh, for them. NC State on the year, I'm trying to pull up the statistics here. Um, they do have some big wins or at least some games where they've 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 fought hard um, and been competitive in. And, of course, I'm – goodness gracious, the internet could not be any worse at this point in time. Here we go. Uh, they did beat Florida State early in the season. Um, they did so by two points. They beat Wake Forest uh, just a couple of weeks ago and then – um, they've got those bad losses that I mentioned. They got the BC loss, and then they've got two losses against ranked teams to Clemson and Syracuse. Uh, a couple of their other wins this season really come against teams that aren't impressive, including a one-point win against ECU. Uh, they did beat UConn 41 to 10, um, but this is a game that's winnable because of the fact of the injuries that have taken place for NC State and the fact that their their offense is just not what we expected it to be. And so this comes down to really a battle of of what offense is going to show up on Saturday because these defenses are the true stars of this game, right? NC State, uh, by the metrics, is one of the best defenses in the country. And Louisville also, in a lot of areas, is really good. I mean, it's just weird to talk about Louisville being tied for second um, in the country in sacks, being uh, second in the country in turnovers. But then you look at it on the other side of it, and NC State is, is 19th in total defense, tied for 13th in scoring defense, ninth in rushing defense. They are a really, really good defense. And so I think for me, this this game is all about what what is Louisville's passing offense? And that comes down to the fundamental question of who is playing quarterback because it just cannot be Malik Cunningham at this point. Like, you might as well put no. him in there in a wheelchair. Like, I mean, the guy is not in any shape to be playing against a team with a defense like this. So how, how do you all feel about this? Is this a game where you feel confident? It's kind of – it's just this weird kind of coming off of a, a big loss to Clemson. Y'all feel like Louisville's in a good spot to bounce back this week? First of all, I'm just shocked that the NC State's still ranked in the top 25. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I completely fall out of the coaches in AP like they should. And then the college football playoff committees, you're like, you know what? Number 24, because why not? Which I know if Louisville doesn't be beating NC State, kind of bodes well for them. Use it as a resume standpoint. But anyways, anyways, back to the original question. I feel sort of confidence I, I i don't know how to how to explain this a little bit better i mean given what i've seen out of nc state so far this year i mean yeah their defense absolutely phenomenal i mean this matchup is going to be like old school cold weather big 10 football like this, this will be defense defense and more defense their offense for as much as louisville's offense has struggled at times i mean nc nc state's offense is not even close to being as as dynamic as Louisville's offense, which says a lot. And this is before Devin Leary went out with his season-ending injury. I mean, well, even while he was still in there, while he does have an arm, I mean, their their offense was just absolutely slogging along. They their pass game wasn't fully developed. They their best weapon through the air was Thayer Thomas, and they were just dumping him the ball constantly. They're really good slot receiver. But, I mean, when you look at the skill position players, 
this is not an NC State team with a ton of breakaway speed. Um, they've no their what was their uh, duel at running back last season? Bam Knight and who is the other guy? I I don't know his name's escaping me, but those two guys are gone, so they don't really have not a too super fluent in, uh, NC State running backs. Matt Ameka Amezi is who you're talking about, I would imagine, right? Is that he didn't play running back, play wide receiver, but that's who I thought you would be talking about. No, I was talking about that there was Bam Knight and someone else that they really used a lot at running running back last year. But anyways, Emeka Mezia wide receiver is gone. Their two main running backs from last year are gone. So all of their dynamic speed from a playmaking standpoint is gone. Now, NC State is still pretty good on the offensive line from a run block and pass block perspective, but there's not a lot of op like go-to guaranteed options on the team except for maybe Fayer Thomas who's got 49 catches 569 yards and four touchdowns but at this point in the year that's not a stat line that makes you go oh man they've got to really look out for him granted you you want to pay attention to him because he's 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 got the most potential out of all the skill position guys on there but it all boils down to Who's like you said, Jacob, who's going to play quarterback? Because we know it's not going to be Devin Leary now. And MJ Morris, there's rumors plenty out there. And from some of the conversations I've had with a couple of people who cover NC State, they think that not only is there potential that MJ Morris, who has been Leary's backup, who looked okay against Boston College and led NC State on their big comfort, their big comfort behind win against Virginia Tech. Oh my God. I'm sorry. I can't <laughs> help myself. BT is coming for your neck this week, Matt. I know. Jacob, but, clip that, tweet it. But there's apparently a really good chance that he could be out for the season based on the chatter that they've heard through back channels and sources. You know how that whole thing goes. And honestly, if this is going to be a battle of backup quarterbacks, I feel a lot more comfortable with Brock than I do for NC state's third string quarterback, who is Jack chambers, who is, I can't remember where where they got him from out of the portal, but he came from the FCS level. He's an option quarterback. He's not really a great throw of the football. I mean, he can run, he has some legs, but I mean, there's, he's not a proven thrower of the football, at least with MJ Morris, they could still run a little bit of the offense, which isn't really saying a whole much saying, saying, saying a lot, excuse me, but I think at least from a NC State offense versus a Louisville defense standpoint, I feel really good. I feel really good no matter who's at quarterback. Well, maybe not no matter who's at quarterback because MJ Morris still has no capability. But from an NC NC State defense versus a Louisville offense where I get a little bit more hesitant because this that NC State defense is not only one of the best in the ACC, they're top 15, top 20 in the nation. And that's mainly because of their linebacker trio, uh, Drake Thomas, Peyton Wilson, and Isaiah Moore. They are really damn good there. They can drop back a little bit into coverage, but they're mainly stacking the box, get after the quarterback, stuff the run. It's going to be hard-pressed to get a lot of yardage going on, or like in short yardage situations with the run. And even some, to an extent, you know, the short to intermediate passing game, it's going to be difficult. And adding on top of that, They've got a really good safety on the back end. And, um, oh, God, I had his name on the top of my tongue. Um, Tanner Engel. Tanner Engel, yes. He's 
he's nothing to stuff at either. He's got four picks on the season. I mean, no matter look where you look on this NC State defense, mm. there is someone who poses a real challenge for Louisville's offense. Now, granted, I'm not saying Louisville's offense is going to get completely shut down, but it's there's a little bit of a matchup issue there. But I think the discrepancy between NC State's offense and Louisville's defense is a lot wider than the discrepancy between Louisville's offense and NC State's defense. And that's why I think Louisville probably has a little bit of an advantage here, even if it wasn't Raleigh, if you ask me. It's interesting to look at. I'm just the, – the, the line has moved a little bit um, on, the, on the action network, but not a ton. Louisville's just favored by four. Um, but the over-under in this game is 48-and-a-half. And that fascinates me because you're potentially looking at a team uh, with its backup quarterback playing against a team with its basically its third string quarterback who they thought was their second string quarterback. And then he was absolute shit. So they put in their third string quarterback and all of a sudden he's like what I wanted to say, but I was trying to avoid saying that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, well, I'll, I'll just say it. I mean, he, he, uh, what's this guy's name again? The the starter that's that's probably heard is MJ Morris. MJ Morris, Morris yeah. And, and you Chambers Jack, is the third show. Jack, Jack Chambers, Chambers, which is you. an Amazon show about a an, an detective in West in Wisconsin that's a badass. Like that's what that that's show's actually, about. That's actually Jim Halbert. Yeah, no, I know. My wife and I love that show, but I'm just th- that's what he Jack Chambers is his. It's a reality show or a, a police show on some channel. Like 100, he is a character. And an, and an NCIS detective show. So if you are looking at Jack Chambers' game, um, because I think that's who Louisville is probably going to be preparing for this this week. Uh, he's a guy who has not had a lot of success through the air, uh, but he does have – he has some mobility. Like, he's a pretty decent runner. Um, he won a game as the starter for NC State before – I guess he got banged up, or was it, I guess, against Virginia Tech – they were losing by what 20 and then they just, they pulled him and put an MJ Morris. So. Yeah. And yes. they've called him the future of the program. The guy that's going to be the kind of the, the next quarterback there to follow in Devin Leary's steps. I and, bet they're pissed. Uh, you guys won't know this name. Uh, Aaron, Matt, you might Aaron McLaughlin. You remember him coming through the recruiting? No, I do remember. I bet him. they're yeah. pissed. They ran that kid off. He was, he looked good. In my opinion, I thought he looked good. I mean, he's six, five, 200 something pound quarterback. And, he had a good arm, so I yeah. bet they're you, kicking you themselves. Say that. Yeah, on. but at the same time, though, I mean, you know, MJ Morris has has played well for them, considering the fact that they're that they went to their backup. They have, you know, they lost to Clemson by ten. They 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 did, you know, struggle with Syracuse, but they beat a top twenty five team in Wake Forest. And, and you know, it, look, it's not ideal. I'm not saying for NC State this is a good season, but I think that they've got a fine quarterback situation when they're when he's healthy. Um, but for me, what this is all about Louisville's passing offense this weekend. It comes down to that. Um, I think that NC State is really good against the run. Obviously, they've done an incredible job of being able to slow teams down. Uh, but what they have allowed, especially over the last three, uh, the last four weeks, really, is strong numbers through the air. Uh, Boston College played their backup quarterback last week, and he threw for 300-plus yards, 330 yards and three touchdowns. He did throw two picks, but you're talking about not Phil Jerkovich doing that. And then the week prior against. And he threw the game winner with 14 seconds left. Right. And then the week before that against Wake Forest, Sam Hartman threw for 320 yards. The week before that against Virginia Tech, 
uh, their quarterback, who I, I I cannot remember his name. He he's not somebody who stands out this season in the ACC. Garrett Garrett Wells, I think, uh, is his name. Grant Wells. Um, he Grant threw Wells, for yeah, he 250 yards and a touchdown. Uh, and then the week before that against Syracuse, you had Garrett Schrader throw for 210 yards and run for another 100 yards. So quarterbacks have been able to throw the football against um, NC State, despite the fact that. And Matt, I apologize, I got it wrong. You were talking about. Uh, you, I mentioned Tanner Engel earlier, but it's Aiden White who has four picks, the safety back there who plays the opposite right. of him. Um, and they, they've been a defense that gets picks all year long. They've got multiple guys with two, um, and then they got a couple of guys with more than that. So uh, this comes down to assi- assuming Brock Doman is who's playing quarterback. This game comes down to Brock Doman's ability to, to get the ball out. And I, I am predicting Tyler Hudson is going to have another 100-yard game. In fact, I feel good about Tyler Hudson having 125 yards plus on on Saturday, maybe on nine catches or more. Uh, They have targeted him so much this season. And my man is putting on a route running clinic right now. He is running routes like Des Fitzpatrick did. And it's really funny because Malik Cunningham called him, you know, a second version of Des. The way that he can break a route off, he's not the fastest guy on the football field and not even close. He is so smart. So crisp, everything is on a dime, um, and I think that he is in. He has got such a connection going right now with the quarterbacks that I, I really do believe that he's going to be able to have another big game. And then from there, can you get Amari Huggins, Bruce going? Can you get Marshawn Ford going? Can you get Chris Bell a couple of catches? Can you sneak in a touchdown throw to Josh Lifts and Francis Sherman, Dwayne Martin, Isaac Martin? Like, is there something? Is there some senior day magic there? I think that that's what it's going to come down to. Uh, and that's a perfect segue into predictions and just kind of how we put a bow on on this game. I feel more confident in this game than I have felt about a, a, in the last six weeks of football, which maybe that's a death sentence on Louisville this weekend. But I, I'm about to say before you go any further, that's how I felt about the Clemson game last week. I that's felt fair, but NC State's offense. Here's the here's the difference, Matt. NC State's offense, total offense, 97th in the country, 82nd in scoring offense, 87th in passing offense, 87th in rushing offense, 76th in third down conversions. Um, they are top 50 in red zone offense, uh, and then they they turn the football over. Um, you know, they fumbled the ball seven times this season. They they're only throwing the football 10 yards on uh, per completion. Uh, they're 109th in the 109th in the country with when it comes to that. So this is not an offense that it, it's uh, it's equal to Louisville and what it, I think it's it, dink and dunk is what it, it is. It is, it is, and I think that Louisville has seen enough of that this year, considering the fact that it might be this Jack Chambers fella um, who's going to be much more of a runner. I think Louisville's seen enough of that this year with John Rice Plumley, Gary Bohannon, uh, the list goes on and on of guys that they've seen that do that. I just feel confident that. Louisville's defense is going to be able to step up to the occasion. They're going to play much better than they did last week. I expect them to have a, a really good game. And then offensively, I just Brock Doman, he makes the throws. Yes, he throw picks. He's aggressive. I think he's the one. Maybe I maybe I made this quote up, but he's the one that said he'd rather throw 12 picks aggressively uh than throw. I forget what the exact quote was, but he was talking about I'm going to be aggressive throwing the football. Like that's just Tyler what I Hudson. Do. Tyler Hudson said after the Clemson game that Brock's the kind of guy who might throw three picks, but he's going to go three. He's going to throw three touchdowns in the process. There it is. That's the quote I was looking for. I can't remember who said what it. What a quote! It oh my it, god, amazing! And yeah. I, that's the kind of quarterback I'm. I'm ride or die for. He's, like I'm here he, for that. He, it was either Hudson or Doman himself, but they straight up said they, they straight up used the the word gunslinger. Well, well, yeah. look, my thing with Brock, and you guys noticed it. I, I think you noticed it last week. Is 
he's got to be able to push the ball downfield. Like the hitches and the in routes and things like that, they're great. But what we, you know, what's really going to cherry on top, great plays and stuff, or balls like you saw last week to Braden and uh, balls like you saw uh, the wheel route and just, I mean, he throws a good deep ball, but he just can't be afraid to push that ball downfield. I mean, I can see the not scaredness of him uh, throwing these short routes that they're talking about, but push it down, push it down, push it down. And then here's the other thing. I want to call this out. I, I crunched some numbers today, and NC State is not as good as you think they are. Like, I'm just going to be as as blunt about that as possible. And I have numbers to back that up, especially lately. Their average margin of victory this season, fellas, is eight points, okay? And consider the fact that they beat ECU by one point. They beat Texas Tech by 13. Florida State was a two-point victory. Um, they, they, they beat Virginia tech by one point. They have played in close games all year. The one thing I can guarantee you about this game is at some point it's going to be close. Like it's not going to be a blowout. This is going to be a neck and neck game where we might exchange leads multiple times. And this comes down to three to seven points, but over the last four games, the average margin of victory that for, for wake forest is negative or excuse me for NC state is negative one and a half that they're being outscored in their last four games by one and a half points, um, on, on average. And they're this season when they have, and those are the games that Larry has been out, right? That's yeah. Over the last four. Yeah. So I think is he went out against either Florida state or Clemson. I can't remember what game he got hurt. He, Um, he, he went out versus Florida state and the the first game that he was ruled out was Syracuse. And like just ahead of that game, it was announced he's out for the year. Yeah. Uh, But overall, when you crunch the numbers, crunch the numbers, like really get into it. They have a negative margin, an average margin of victory, meaning they they've been outscored by power five teams this season. That's that 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 means something. Like with that defense, those numbers are skewed by some of the performances they've had against UConn and against Charleston Southern. Um, that defense is good. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that they're scrubs, but they're not as good as what you think. They're a bend but don't break defense. Like that's what they are this season, and some of the numbers don't support that. Like that in terms of you know, being at the t- being at the bottom or being a, a middle tier team, but at the same time, they've shown against teams that are not as good as Louisville that they're susceptible. Boston College, Virginia Tech, again, they almost lost to ECU. It took a kind of comeback performance late to win that game. I feel good about Louisville on Senior Day. The emotions are going to be high. This is not your average Senior Day. This is like a, like we talk about in the episode with Isaac uh, and Caleb, which you should one hundred percent listen to. This is an emotional charged up senior day because this is an era of Louisville football that has just been a roller coaster. And I think these guys are going to want to go out on a high note. I think that they win this game. I'm going to go 27, 21 Louisville. I think that they score late in the fourth quarter and and then get a stop on a late drive to seal this game. Uh, And I'm going to go the MVP of this game being Brock Doman. I think assuming he's our starter at quarterback, I think Brock Doman is going to have a big day and he's going to spread the ball. I think it's going to be a really good passing performance for Louisville. Um, Maybe not so much running the football. There's two guys missing. It's pretty obvious that we're down to kind of the the bare bones there at that position. I don't know if they have a big game this weekend. They struggled against Clemson with injury, things of that nature. But I think Brock Doman is going to do enough in this game to win. Louisville wins on a high note, 27-21. And they go into Kentucky ready for a battle, ready for a battle next weekend. I'll go next. Um, I got Louisville 28-12. Uh, if you if you listen to NC State fans, 
their uh, their big thing, which if you don't know about NC State fans, they're hysterical. They just like cannibalize themselves. They're like self-loathing, self-hating uh, because like they're not quite Wake Forest. Like they're not quite just like that little, you know, private school, but they're definitely not North Carolina and Duke and they know it. And that's all they care about in life. They don't even care about how successful hey, hey, bro i feel like i feel like nc state has no identity like no offense to nc state like you just said you got the smart schools and things like that but even if you group like app state into that like they're yeah. the blue collar hard-working mountain boys you know they're gonna come out and play with fire and stuff like what is nc state so yeah. it's it's funny you say that i can't remember who said this for the life of me but someone told this to me several years back and it's stuck with me ever since nc state is great value louisville yes <laughs> yeah i like that uh, now now here, here's what i'll say about nc state they're a larger school like they have thirty-four thousand kids at their school so they have a lot of fans like they just and their message boards are active and they get after it. Like it's it's as you indicated, Matt, it's it's kind of like a great value version of Louisville fans. Like that's a that's such a good way to put it. But uh, no, not not to get off on some tangent. Uh, if it's Jack Chambers this week, uh, I, I don't see a situation where where uh, Louisville gives up a bunch of points. Uh, NC State fans uh, in their self-loathingness have talked all all season kind of about uh they kick a lot of field goals they don't score a lot of touchdowns they kick a lot of field goals and i saw somebody said that they on the on their kind of on twitter message boards or something said uh you know they they think that that they'll win um you know like 31 to 18 or something and somebody's like oh yeah that's only eight field goals so they should they should have that in the bag (laughs) um So, so Jack Chambers, again, not a great passer, decent runner, has like 130 yards on a season on 35 carries. It's pretty decent for a standard quarterback. Um, one thing that I would mention, just a wild card, this probably won't happen, but I'm throwing it out there just because the, the return on, on investment is going to be so great if this actually happens. Uh, ben Finley is their, could be their, their backup quarterback in this game, and his brother – his brother is is uh, the Finley that that was uh, uh, all time great at NC State. What was his first name? Uh, his brother's first name Ryan Finley. Ryan Finley. Ryan, Ryan, Finley. Ryan Finley. Finley. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, so Ben Finley is is the tip, the prototypical younger brother living in his in his older brother's shadow. Uh, his name on Instagram is Benny Baby Stacks with a Z. Um, and the picture that I sent you guys is a picture of Ben Finley. So just think about that being his. Uh, Think about that being his Instagram name, Benny Baby Stacks. I don't think that their offense is going to be able to move very well. And as Jacob indicated, their defense is solid. Don't get me wrong, but there it is. It is gettable. You know, Louisville can move the ball against them. Um, and I think that Marshawn Ford and Tyler Hudson could both be in for big days um, if it is Brock Doman who's going in, in the backfield. And I, I look for. As Jacob indicated, I look for some plays that get the seniors involved. Uh, mm-hmm. The staff has shown that that they kind of like to, to put that into the playbook, uh, just because in, in your last game, like people always rise rise to the occasion, um, and and it'll be interesting to see what the staff has drawn up. But twenty eight twelve, I think, and I, I think it's just going to kind of be like one of those that Louisville just kind of gets out to a lead and just gradually it, it increases 
a lot of punting, a lot of, you know, a lot of defense, uh, bet the under with, with your life. Oh, absolutely. Uh, 48 and a half. If, if the under is 48 and a half, I'm, I'm about, as soon as we get off here, I'm betting the under. So, um, <laughs> 20, 28, 12 cards. Go ahead, guys. Sorry. I'm, it, it goes back to me. Like the defenses, I would say NC State's defense is probably a little bit ahead of Louisville's defense, but I mean, they're both operating at a very high caliber. For me, it really goes back to how each respective offense is performing. Yes, Louisville's offense has been, been no means perfect. The passing game has been kind of mediocre. It's kind of had been trending in the, op, in the right direction ahead of Clemson. The running game was a little bit stifled, but it was still for the last month. It's still been pretty good. Even for for NC State, even with MJ Morris, and I'm operating under the premise that even that both Brock and MJ are starting. I mean, if Jack Chambers is starting, it's going to be a blowout. If you ask me, if I I hate that I'm being so confident with that, but I, I watched that. I watched that Virginia Tech NC State game. Virginia Tech sucks out loud. They are terrible and. They had to go with a quarterback change to come back and win that game. Um, their offense is just – even when Devin Leary was in there, who is one of the better quarterbacks this millennium for NC State, was an Elite 11 guy, and their offense was just pedestrian. They, they don't have the skill position guys that can really utilize the quarterback's talents, and then you put in – a guy who is not as experienced as Devin Leary. And it, it does make a difference. It really does. Now, even he did MJ Morris, I got crap on their comeback against Virginia, Virginia tech, but they did come back. And then they, they did beat wake forest, which at the time was ranked opponent. That was a good performance, but then they followed that up with an absolute stinker to the worst, one of the worst ACC teams in the league, that offense. And it wasn't just NC state just NC stating all over the place. Boston college dominated that game for the final three quarters. Their offense is, and I say all of that to come back around and say Louisville's offense with all their flaws is noticeably better than NC state's offense, even with their backup quarterback, their primary backup quarterback in the game. So I think this ends with, like you said, Presley hammer the under Louisville 24, Louisville in, NC State 17. Sorry, I had my teams mixed up. I have 24-10. I thought you were oh. about to say 10. That's what oh. I'm going with. That's, I'm, so my score is out there. I'm going 24-10 cards. Uh, you guys have hit the uh, nail on the head for reasons why we can win, why we can lose, and all that. So I'll go off on this tangent. Uh, fans, I think it – I think everybody should show up for this game. I mean, this is such a special group of guys and young men who come in from 18 and being in that locker room and experiencing those things under Coach Retrino in that 2-10 and 10 season and then coming from uh, coming, to tw- coming into 2019 and being able to make it to a bowl game and not just make it but win that bowl game and beat an SEC school uh, to the point we're at now where there's an established culture and there's a way about Louisville football and we're headed in the right direction. We have all these recruits coming in and things like that. I mean, in 2018, none of us could have bought in. We all could have said F it and we're all going to do our own thing. I couldn't. I mean, I was a walk on, but there were others that could have. Uh, <laughs> but you, you get the point. Like these guys, 
it's special and uh i'm gonna be emotional on saturday that's for sure for sure seeing guys like isaac and caleb and uh seeing them on the field for the last time uh senior day is always a special place in my heart uh walking off the field with Des Fitzpatrick on the last game not knowing it was my last game there knowing it was his last game it was a special moment special things happen on senior day and i believe in these guys and I just hope and I pray that we have a good crowd for them on senior day so that they can go out and we can send them off in the right way. I mean, Vince, you couldn't have ended it any better, man. I mean, if you're a Louisville fan and you're on the fence about going, there, go. there's, there's no – besides the cold, there's no reason to not, to not be out there. Um, if you have some sort of health condition that prevents you from being in the cold, do not come to this game. Anybody else, anybody else, if you're if you're an old man that's, that's susceptible to hypothermia or you're a small baby, do not come to this game. Anybody else, you should be there. Move your plans around. Uh, go to one of your kids' soccer games instead of three. Like, do, do whatever you need to do to get out to this game. I'm so serious. And if you need, as, as always, if you need help getting a ticket, we have the platform to, to be able to provide you with that. Just reach out to us. We'll figure it out. We'll get a ticket in your hand. Uh, let's get out there and be fans. Vince, one more thing. Yeah, one more thing. You guys keep an eye out because myself, Presley, I don't know about Jacob. Presley, you'll be tailgating, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Matt, you'll be doing journalist stuff, so you're out of this. Sorry. But <laughs> I will run into you at some point. Presley and I will be walking around with koozies, people. We will find you all, and we will be handing out koozies throughout just for people to have cold drinks. We'd hate for your beers to get warm in 32-degree weather. Absolutely. So koozies on us. I mean, just keep listening. It's for you all, for the fans, for the AWLs. We love you. Let's go. Let's get out of here, guys. Go cards. Let's freaking beat the shit out of these dudes.